Okay. Well, I could just take the first line, so I'm totally setting the tone of what this podcast feels like. Yeah, and I'll just follow. <laughs> you're going <laughs> to you be... So many- you're gonna be sitting here like, really? That's that's how we that's, start. That's how we start. Okay, <laughs> more more scotch for me. <laughs> Welcome to Overthinking Episode One, where we take fun, interesting ideas, overanalyze them, and run them to their logical conclusions. All in the name of exploration, education, and most importantly, entertainment. I'm Luke, and I'm Devin, and we don't claim to be experts in any of the topics we discuss here today. We simply find these ideas interesting as we hash them out in real time. Get ready to join us on the exciting fun and crazy ride to absolutely nowhere this week we are actually in the large hydron collider in switzerland it's the largest most powerful particle accelerator ever built so luke and i are trying to sit very still because if any of those particles hit us we're toast. Well, like yeah you'll know because the podcast ends <laughs> yep uh, and this will never be uploaded <laughs> uh what are we talking about today luke uh, well, first, I, I, I want to start this off, and we're, you know, this is the first episode, so things might happen and then never happen again, or they might just get cut on the cutting room and you'll never hear about them, but I like to start off, uh, just warm us up, you know, warm up our brains, because we don't want to go right into the deep stuff, right? We want we want to kind of do some, a little, little thought experiment to get us set. So, in a segment I like to call Secrets Uncovered. Secrets of the world that we just kind of just realized. We're like, oh, huh, that's interesting. Um, I'm making this out to be much more dramatic uh, <laughs> than, it, than it really is. But I was really so uh, something interesting happened. It's been like a long two weeks of a lot of driving, a lot of meetings and events and stuff going on. And I was driving home the other night. And I was so exhausted. I was just so tired. I was just like focusing on driving. I was like listening to a podcast. Just like get home. And there was a, there was someone in was the car. Was it our podcast? Like, it doesn't exist yet. So no. Okay. <laughs> I I traveled. Sorry, I traveled. This was in the future. So this is the next week that this happened. Um, <laughs> but I was driving, and there was someone like in the car, just like past me. And I was just like, oh, it's so annoying. And then it just hit me. And I know this has hit a lot of people, and this is a semi-common thing, but it hit me harder than it ever has. And it's called sonder. Have you, are you familiar with the term, Devin? No. Okay, you're probably familiar with the explanation, though. Probably. It's the realization that everyone else has lives other mm. than our own. And it kind of just started spiraling because I was just, again, I was so tired. I was just trying like, to focus on something, just get me home. And I just started thinking about every single other person's lives and how I don't exist in them. <laughs> and like that was just a weird exit to exit to exit. Ex- Existential? Thank you. <laughs> Crisis. <laughs> Where I was like, to 99.9999999% of planet like, Earth, of planet Earth, of anything conscious. Mm-hmm. I don't exist. And that was just a weird, like, it was just a weird thought to have late at night while you're driving and just trying to stay awake. And so that's a little bit of my secrets uncovered for today. Um, something that hit me pretty hard that left me thinking for a, quite a little while as, as I was driving home. Did you have anything to share yet? I didn't. I don't think we actually prepared. So, by the way, we're not like we're not sharing what we're about to talk about with each other. So, I don't. Did you prepare anything for this? Or? I didn't know Secrets Uncovered was going to be part of our flow. Oh. Um, <laughs> it's in. The, I mean, to be fair, it's in no, the outline. No, but. no, to be fair, it's in the outline, but I never knew what it meant. But um, now That's I know true. what your I did idea not tell was. You. Now I know what your idea was behind it. Anything impromptu, or should we just move on? You know, I think we should move on, but we might backtrack at some point. That's fine. We can okay. backtrack. We can do whatever we want. This is our show. Right. 
Oh. And so, thought experiment number one, Devin. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Before you dig in, I do have. Um, oh, you do? Okay. Yeah. You have something? I'm drinking a coffee. And nice. I know you to be the guy who has only the finest of cheap wine. What are you drinking today, Luke? <laughs> I don't even. Uh, I, I, that does not. Return, okay. That does not deserve an answer, but I have excellent taste when it comes to drink and food. And I have right here a 12 year scotch. It's my favorite thing in the world. The complexities, it just leaves you satisfied. You see, I only have a little bit. Like, it's a tiny bit. It's, like, probably maybe a shot. And I sip on this for hours. And it's so amazing and relaxing and, oh. Who made I it? I love it. Yeah. What? Who made it? Uh, it's McAllen. Oh, nice. Yeah. Very, it's it's my special little treat. Because a bottle's, like, what, 60 bucks, 70 bucks? Yeah. So just it's my smooth. little treat to myself. Oh, it's so smooth. So you guys it's, are getting this. I'm, I haven't tried it, so I'm actually genuinely. Is it? <gasps> oh yeah, no, it is. I'll, I'll when I when I visit you, I'll um, I'll introduce you. Even though I know you don't drink a lot, I'll yeah. I'll you know I'll slowly introduce you to a lot of the fine, just the finer things, right? right. We're Sounds not going great. cheap. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so Devin is, uh, well, I, I guess we're both just being a little bit, you know, we're relaxing ourselves throughout this because who knows how long this is going to go. <laughs> but honestly, since I did, since I did my little thing, you want to go first with, uh, what your topic is for today? I have a big topic. Okay. It, I, my I, topic I, actually isn't that big. So like, it'll be a nice round out. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Cause I want to talk about thought. How we think. Oh boy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I want to start okay, heavy. Getting, okay. I want to start heavy. This is okay. overthinking episode one. What is thinking? And, we're thinking, <laughs> and we are literally <laughs> going to overthink right from the get go. How meta can we get? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So um, I have some like background stuff that I just want to throw out there. And I'm going to lead it to an idea that I've been, it's not new. I like, I didn't create this. But I've been hashing it out for literally months now. Um, and it's built on a lot of the different things that psychology and sociology has started to pick at. And it's okay. just weaving everything together. So I'm going to, like, uh, if we talk about what psychologists are saying today, like, um, I got I wrote, I wrote their names down because I don't know these guys. Um, Keith Stonovich? Hopefully I said oh, that right. yeah. And yeah. Richard West, they were the guys mm -hmm. who came up with like the two systems in the mind. Um, oh, yeah. I, huh. I'm very familiar with that, yes. Yay. Um, okay. So like system one is this quick computing thing that analyzes everything in our life, decides what matters, what doesn't, and it throws mm -hmm. out most of everything, so we don't notice most of anything, right? Right. Um, there's no sense of voluntary control on it. It's just mm -hmm. this autopilot kind of working thing. Um, and it's system one is what organizes your long-term memory, right? Um, versus system two, which it tends to be who you think you are, right? When you think who is Luke, who is Devin, that's, right. that's system two, even saying who is this person. Um, and this system tends to follow instructions. It tends to be lazy. It tends to be slow. It doesn't want to do work. It doesn't want to think, yeah. but it's very careful and it catches mistakes. Um, this is also like... When you get into long-term and short work, working memory, short-term memory is worse than working memory. Like long-term right. versus working memory, uh, working memory is system two's world, and system two can only deal with four or five things at a time. Mm -hmm. Like all these things. Um, to maybe simplify it 
I think most people kind of see this as like the subconscious versus the conscious, right? Yeah. If you boilerplate it, system one is the subconscious, system two is the conscious, right? Um, yeah. That's some work that's been done and that a lot of psychologists are like accepting at this point, right? Um, I want to compare that to like uh, like Freud. Freud oh gave us the <laughs> Freud gave us the id, the Getting ego, and the Freud super on ego. Episode one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, drink that coffee. Let's get. He's <laughs> like, I need another shot. I said I'd have this for hours, but like, uh, chug, just got to chug the okay. scotch. Okay, let's take a nice deep breath, everybody. Let's go to Freud. <laughs> so um, he's got the, the id, the ego, and the super ego. And they might yep. be the only things that Freud ever said that haven't been disproven. <laughs> um. But the id is this impulsive, unconscious instincts level that we would call subconscious, right? And the ego is like system two. Like it's the conscious, interacts with reality, decision maker. Uh, Freud made the analogy that the ego is like the rider on the back of the elephant, which is the id. Because the rider is trying to steer the id, but the id's much stronger. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Freud... In addition to system one, system two, which is basically what that is, he introduces the superego, which he says houses morality. Um, this is the okay. part of your yeah. brain that decides whether or not what you're doing is right or wrong, mm-hmm. right? And it makes you, it punishes you for things that it deems wrong that aren't with your ideal self by making you feel guilty, right? Yeah. And so these, this is a third party decision maker that looks at the interaction between the conscious and the subconscious and says, yeah, that wasn't cool. <laughs> that's well wait a minute i've actually never heard that the third like a, the idea of having a third party within your own mind well that's, that's that's really why i'm bringing this up yeah that's i i actually like because i've you know i took psychology i've read a lot about freud and this you know all that but uh i've never ever no one's ever said that like that one word is third party right which changes everything right so wow okay I, I love, dude, you got like two steps ahead of my notes there. <laughs> you really <laughs> what did. What can I say? I'm an overachiever. <laughs> Over, I'm an overthinker and overachiever. Um, I need a drum set right here. Proud of you. No, <laughs> man. You. Just like, uh, like a oh, keyboard I, and a button. I'll just do it in editing. Cause yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll throw, yeah. That, that'll be good. <laughs> um, be, yeah. That's going to be the worst. Um, <laughs> so my, my whole point is like the interweaving of all these different ideas where, Psychologists don't seem to recognize this. Philosophers seem to recognize this, but psychologists look at this and they're like, "Oh, look, you have system one and system two, or the mm-hmm. id, the ego, and the superego." Um, but I'm going to say one more idea that's going to weave together what uh, philosophers are talking about when it comes to how we think right now. Okay. Um, when you're thinking about what you're going to do later in the day, you tend mm-hmm. to do things like in your mind something like. Uh, Later, I'm going to go to the store, and I've got to pick up milk, and I've got to pick up bread, and I should probably write a list because I'm going to forget this. Yeah. Um, and then you don't write the yeah. list, and then you forget it. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in your mind, you think to yourself using the language that you grew up with. Okay, yeah. Right? You, like, yeah. Your, your self-talk in your mind is words. Yeah. You communicate to yourself, Luke, the same way that you communicate to me. Yeah. So here's the question. Who are you talking to when you're thinking about what right. you're doing later today? And the interesting thing is it's yourself. Right. 
It's but it's that's a loop. That's a never ending loop of the right. So psychologists have been hinting at this for a long time and never fully get grasping it. Mm-hmm. There's a there's a thing that I want to make it very clear. I'm not talking about. I'm not talking about like multiple personalities. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Inside every working mind, there are multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. But it's not like multiple personality disorder. It's not like that. It's there's these different interacting parts of how we think, because the id and the ego interact. The super ego is a mediator. System one and system two interact with each other. There are different levels of your mind. Your mind, your consciousness, what you think of as you, isn't one yeah. thing. It's actually, we can't even claim to know how many things there are. We just know there is more than one part of your consciousness that interact with each other. Yeah, so I'm going to bring up something that I, this might throw off your note. I don't I, Again, no. right? I don't know what you're, where you're going with this. So this brought, this made me remember something. I'm Googling it right now to make sure I have the sides right. Google. Um, because I can't remember the difference between left brain and right brain. I always get them mixed up. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I think, let's see, I, 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 what I'm looking at right now uh, is left, left is, left has to do with logic, um, science, myth, math. And the right is more creativity in the arts. So, have you ever watched uh, CPG Gray? I think I, sh- I think I told you to watch him. I don't know if you actually did. No. Okay. Yeah, so, I don't listen to you. <laughs> <laughs> so he's this edu- He's like an educational YouTuber. Really, okay. just thought like thought provoking uh, stuff. And he has this video on the left brain versus the right brain. Okay. And he was talking about how. We can, well, the left brain, you know, is is about science and math, and that's the side also that governs language. Um, If I'm not getting this entirely wrong, which I don't believe I am, like, I'm pretty, pretty sure. And um, he's talking about also, like, how the right is about emotion um, and creativity, and we can't, that, but that doesn't um, represent the side of language. So our creativity, like, everything that processes creativity can't be described in language because that that brain doesn't understand language at all which is why if we like a song or we like a painting it's really difficult to explain why and we have to use we have to interpret like we have to invent logical terms to describe why we like certain things um and so what he was talking about how when the left and brain the left and right brain when the when the wires when the tissue divide, dividing them is cut. Cerebral cortex. Yes, that. Thank you very much. I was going to bring that up in my notes, so that's yeah. not something I knew before I was preparing <laughs> for this. So you're not actually smart. <laughs> no. Um When that's cut, then all of a sudden you, you can have two hands, two sides of your brain doing two different things. And you can have something like on one end of a table that maybe your right, like your right eye can't see, and you won't know it exists. You won't be able to say it exists. Or, you know, vice versa, right? right? Whatever I is governed by language, you will not be able to say that it exists. But your hand will go and pick it up, even though you can't see it, right? Or you can't say that you see it. So in it, he was talking about, like, in that thing is the conversation in between ourselves. And also Bo Burnham has a great, like, joke, you know, a song about it, um, is that that's who you're talking to. He's like, what if there's actually another being inside your own head that's, that's silent? It cannot talk. It can't speak, so we never know it exists. And we're going about our life. 
Um, I might have got some of like the things mixed up around left and right brain. So yeah, don't. You got the general idea. Yeah, sue me. Like, right. <laughs> actually, don't please. <laughs> but like that's like that's the first thing that always comes to mind with that line of thinking is that what if? Right. Well, and actually, that's part of what's bringing philosophers to the conclusions that I'm outlining of there are multiple parts of our mind that interact with each other. Mm-hmm. I'm doing weird things with my hands. <laughs> I don't know what that motion is, but okay, I got it. Um, because uh, when you do cut the cerebral cortex, there's ways of blocking off one brain, part of the brain at a time yeah. and then asking questions about the person. So when the cerebral cortex has been severed, ideally this is by an accident. This isn't still being done intentionally. But, um, yeah. When you talk to one half of the brain and ask them things like, what's your favorite color? Mm-hmm. The answers change. And then once you allow both brain parts of the brain to interact again, because our brain is smart enough to work around that issue if both sides right. still function, the person then remembers giving you both answers. Whoa, really? Um, well, I didn't know that. That's the, uh, fascinating. The staggering thing about it is uh, at that point, with the limited studies that I've seen on it, at that point, most people then can't reconcile which one's actually their favorite color anymore. Wow. So you can ask them the question before you block off one part of the brain at a time. This is people who've already had this accident. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Then you can only ask the left hemisphere. Then you can only ask the right hemisphere. Then you can take off the ways that you've avoided them interacting, Mm -hmm. and then they don't have a solid answer anymore. And that, I mean, and that, exactly, what that does is that, and that's why, like, and that's what originally, you know, just because this is the first episode, like, why I was really keen on doing this podcast, because there's so many things like that that I think of all the time, and I'm just like, whoa, like, our, our version of reality is, like, is, we know we nothing about how our reality works. We know nothing. We know Absolutely nothing. nothing. Um, and if... <laughs> but that's, yeah, like, the, especially, like, when it comes to the left and right brain, like that is a fascinating thing because like without breaking a lot of like ethical codes <laughs> we can't really know right if we if we i mean i bet we could i bet we could figure it out if we <laughs> acted very inhumanely um well actually we have the nazis to thank for a lot of the progress in this field yeah because yeah. they didn't care <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> great so we started off with Freud <laughs> and thanking the nazis <laughs> Number oh, one podcast, what is our, week one. <laughs> I guess, I mean, if we're going to get it out, out right now, huh? We yeah. might as well get it out on the first episode. But it, it, but it's true, like, terrible things that, of course, we don't condone. Um, but since it did happen, it's like, well, I mean, we can't take it back, so we might as well learn from it, you know, since, you know, they'll see what we can get. But, yeah, they performed terrible experiments on people. Um, they didn't care. Yeah, no, they didn't. <laughs> And yeah. there was no ethics board. <laughs> yeah. And that brings, I mean, ethics, we can, I mean, ethics is, is another one of our topics. Like we, we will get into that's a lot to another it. really big one. <laughs> it is another really big one. Um, but when it, when it comes to questioning reality is that how, like how important is it that we understand reality? You know, are you, Versus, is that an open ended question? Or are you yeah, trying well, to yeah, be well, like, well, I'm well, it's like, you know, hypothetically you know asking you and asking you okay. know, myself and our listeners like because i have an opinion and i'm like are you asking that to leave that like let that resonate because i have well, an opinion i was giving it space but uh not that you ruined my space um and the whole vibe is gone so you might as well just start answering it i've actually um 
I've been studying Immanuel Kant recently. I've been studying okay. Hackett. Um, yeah. And I've been studying a lot on like how knowledge works, how we learn things. Um, yeah. And then also in my other like apologetic studies that I do for me and yeah. my other stuff, I'm really coming to a place of um, I am extremely confident that we have absolutely no clue as a species how this universe works. We have exact. We have no clue how we as individuals work. Yeah. Um, and I think we've came a long way. Is such a ridiculous statement. Like, yeah. We we've I mean, gotten nowhere. Like yeah. on the topic, we have gotten nowhere. Yeah. When you back out, and that's like the thing is that I think that's a like currently the thing that makes me upset with like current not even just like politics but society mm-hmm. is that people get upset that things aren't changing in a year. And I'm like, like that's like a year is nothing for change to happen. Like right. that is like that is such a quick time for society and humanity in general to change. Um, even on a small scale, even if you look at a single like town. Like I live in Texas now. I just moved from California. And the one big difference here is just from people talking. Since I'm in Austin, it's a pretty big, you know, in, mm-hmm. in a liberal city. So like, but. A lot of the towns nearby, like the town I went to for um, for Thanksgiving, like traditions and like everything are there and they've been there and they've just been like passed down from family to family and it hasn't changed. The way they make food, the way they do things like doesn't really change. Um, and it either takes a huge outside force like an apocalypse or it just changes generally. And you can see it. Like, obviously, there's been general slow changes. We don't gather around a radio anymore. We gather around a TV. You know, those kinds of things. Um, people are on their phones by themselves and people don't think they're that weird. Like, um, Right. But Well, but that's, there's a Steve Jobs quote for that. Most people overestimate what can be done in a year and underestimate what will happen in five. Yeah, right. <laughs> That's actually a good. Qu- I don't actually. I haven't I think I've heard that. It's Steve Jobs. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, huh? Yeah, That's actually pretty good. Yeah, yeah I mean, know. I would say like a hundred, but <laughs> I guess five. I guess five well, is five too. The <laughs> whole point he's pointing out is yeah, development of any form is an exponential model, right? So the start is slow, yeah. and then it gets to a point where it's uncontrollable. I mean, like, just like the internet, right? Right. Like, that's what happened. Right, and the internet's nowhere near as old as anybody feels like it is at this point yeah no it feels like we've had it forever well especially us because we're we're right we kind of grew up with it what was did you have dial-up growing up i did okay okay so you're that age did you where like when did you get your when did you or when did your family when was the first computer in your life i do not remember not having one interesting yeah that's uh, when i was really little my mom was in school uh, she was going back to school, okay. so she had a computer, and I don't remember never not having huh. one. Because I remember getting, I was very little, like I was very very little. I was probably around three or so when I remember like solely getting computer and and internet and all that stuff. But I remember the first electronic I ever got was an iPod Shuffle. Uh, do you remember those? Like I remember first, what they were. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and I didn't know what it was. I was given it as a gift from an uncle. And and we all opened it and we looked at it and we went, what is this? <laughs> we had no idea like what like oh, like what this, this piece of technology were and the fact that it had you know space for what two hundred songs or like something like that like awesome. We, we were blown away. Yeah. We, were, we had I I had um, not I had Walkmans. Mm-hmm. I listened to music on Walkmans for years, carrying them around. I had a carrier pouch that slipped mm-hmm. into my belt. 
Oh yeah, um, you were the cool kid. Oh, I was so cool. I my oh, I was so uncool. I was the most uncool kid, <laughs> and I still am a little bit. When it comes to, when it comes to thought, I mean, we talked a little bit about like left and right brain. Yeah. Um, because I I mean I'm I know a bit about that and I'm passionate about that. What about like like what else though about like thought that is puzzling? Because I know there's so much. And I'm sure you have stuff written down. Um, like I said, I've been studying a lot of people on like how we learn. Um, yeah. And thought in general. Um, there's a one thing that I kind of like and that I enjoy is uh, Albert Einstein. The way that he would talk about the imagination. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a section where Einstein's writing about imagination. There's two points that he makes that are uh, that are just really stand out to me but he talks about how imagination is greater than knowledge okay um he says imagination is more important than knowledge um i don't know how he words it it's that kind of an idea and then Mm -hmm. later in his writing he says that um knowledge is very big and very important imagination more so like and okay so you can make points about how um a lot of times when we change the way we think of the world, which is imagination, it's how we think, mm-hmm. we then can then go and create things to satisfy that. And I, I'm ta- talking about the, uh, like, let's just say the idea of finding out that the sun does not move around the earth, right? right? Well, somebody looked up at the stars and decided to do the math to see if that was a true statement, right? So. Yeah. It, before they can do the work to find the knowledge, they had to think that what we used to think might not be true. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> they had to look at it and be like, you know, we should check that. <laughs> and that's a very big idea. We were, a, we were a geocentric philosophy for hundreds of years. Uh, possibly thousands, but I can't claim to know history. <laughs> <laughs> and, Me neither. <laughs> right? I know um, nothing. There used to be a belief among um, among philosophers of like antiquity, philosophers of before of the, the old, Renaissance. Of the olden yeah. days, yes. Of the olden days. There used to be a very standard belief system. They were they were all Christians of some form for a very long time because otherwise they were killed. The philosophers? <laughs> for a very long time. Which, uh, they, which philosopher do you know? Um, cause... I mean, Galileo. Oh, um, okay. Like that. Okay, that. Okay, got it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if yeah, you think of if people were... before Christ, none of them were. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was thinking of like Greek philosophers. I'm like, oh, I don't. <laughs> no, <laughs> I don't yeah. think so. Um, so I mean, Da Vinci, like uh, right, Newton. Yeah. They were all Christians. Otherwise, they were killed. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, but there was a very long-standing idea that um, heaven was perfect and therefore unchanging, mm-hmm. but Earth was constantly evolving. And there were debates about the idea of whether or not the Earth was evolving towards heaven or towards hell. Like, that was this debate. I've never heard this. And I've... Uh, I, how have I never... Like, what? <laughs> I don't... I can this, give you I can give you is, sources, I'm, but it's well, very I'm, vague to me because I yeah, like I mean, the I'm ideas. Not, I'm not doubting you. Right. And also... By the way, when I Googled left and right brain, the first thing I got was a TED talk that says left versus right brain myth. So everything I said might have been wrong. I mean, we're talking about the way we think. Right, yeah. We are yeah. wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, that's going in the channel trailer right there. <laughs> we're wrong. <laughs> yes. 
<laughs> we do not claim to be experts on what we're talking about. We just claim to enjoy the conversation. Exactly. We're probably wrong. <laughs> Write us. I don't know. Do we have a? Oh, we don't. Do we have an email? Um, let's we, say um, we don't have an email right now. Let's say overthinkingpodcast at gmail for right now until we. For, yeah, that'll it work. Yeah. We can do that for now. Yeah. Um, Watch us do that, and then that's already taken somehow. Right, exactly. So this <laughs> random person just gets touched. <laughs> of course, because, you know, we're famous. Um, right. Day one, we're going to have an audience of 10,000. It's going to be great. Of course. <laughs> do you expect anything less? Um. But um, but that is that is interesting, that idea of, like, of like philosophy having that metaphysical, like, aspect to it, which, which seems, I don't know, that seems kind of, like, a- anti-philosophy, because in, cause from... When I think of philosophy, I think of something outside of everything else. It's just, you know, human. It's basically looking at the world and saying, okay, let's understand it. I think Whereas there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of evidence to claim that a lot of philosophers were Christians. Right. As in, they were not Christians. Right. They were philosophers. They were seeking the truth. And in their writing, they would sprinkle in the right words so that the Pope wouldn't excommunicate oh, them. Oh, okay. I see. I see. I think so, there's a lot of that. So do you think maybe when they say heaven and hell, they just mean good or bad? Yeah. And I, I really okay. do. And Okay. Even to that, I mean, that any philosopher, you can be a philosopher and a legitimate Christian, right? But today, we wouldn't want those studies to overlap. No, yeah. Um, and back then, it was wrong if they didn't. Like, Yeah, well, because it was um, a government. <laughs> right. Um, so... With that polling, uh, one of the big like changes in thought that philosophers had came from being able to study the moon and seeing that the moon wasn't perfect because the moon was in heaven. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh! That's right because they had the idea that outside that the, that the sky mm-hmm. was heaven. That's right. right. They took it literally, like right. Um, and that's it's just so interesting to see how like this way that we perceive the world influences the things that we learn about the world that then change the way we perceive the world. Yeah. Um, though, though I will say, as a, as, a, as a counter-argument, how can you say that the moon is imperfect? Like, what would be a perfect moon? Well, so, like, just seeing the enormous numbers of craters on the other side of the moon that we can't see with the naked so, eye. That's funny, though. They would clearly yeah. call craters imperfect. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess so. Like, if they were alive today, they'd be like one of those Instagram models who just Photoshop themselves to be perfectly. <laughs> I, uh, anyway, that is not at all relevant. Especially um, like now that we've actually done enough that we can study the size of the craters and what caused them, and realize that the moon has saved us from mass extinction yeah, probably exactly. several times since yeah. humans have been here. Like, that's cool. Yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Uh, the moon's dope. I will. I'll right. be the first to say that. Hey, hot take. Moon's dope. Uh, um. So the interesting thing, and really why I've been fascinated by this idea of there's multiple parts of the way our brain works, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is because I've been studying it and I've been testing it out, and maybe, maybe this can be my little whatever you want at the beginning. <laughs> okay. What were those called? Oh, like a stinger, like an intro. No, no, no. What was what, what? What did you call it in the? Oh, here I'll find the outline. The oh, secrets uncovered. Um, yeah, secrets, secrets uncovered. uncovered. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. this is like a personal development hack that I've been trying out, and it's really, really working. Um, okay. So there's this notion. I I heard somebody speaking on it, and I fully disagreed with him so strongly that I have to start with him. But the speaker was what? talking about. Um, there's the impulsive side of you, and then there's, like, the controlled side of you. Mm-hmm. And he was just dumbing down System 1 and System 2. 
And okay, like, yeah. and that's what he's going with, right? Um, and he's talking about how when you're trying to develop a skill, the natural thing that you want to do is treat the impulsive side of you as something that the conscious side of you is supposed to cage and control. And it should be locked up. And yeah. it should never get to do what it wants. And then, if it ever breaks out and does anything bad, then you need to punish the conscious side of you for not doing his job. Like, this is the way that we, this is the balance we tend to have. And this is why we, like, I should not do that bad thing. And then when that bad thing happens, you're like, I'm a terrible person. Because you're talking about the yeah. system two when it was system one that did it. Um, who is who is saying this again? I, it's, I'm pretty sure it's a TED Talk. I can find you the TED Talk. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So it's recent. And, okay. Yeah. I was thinking this is like an old school dude. No, like, this is like a TED yourself. Talk. Uh, no, no. He's talking about the internal battle that we have. Right. Right, and then the what, just the way we feel guilty when things go wrong, yeah. Um, and then we're like the negative self talk that comes and everything like that, right? And he's like, and he explains he's like the problem here is there is your subconscious mind, this thing that you want to treat as a slave, basically, mm-hmm. is just as strong as your conscious mind. It's just as smart as your conscious mind. It has all the tools your conscious mind has. In all reality, this should be a fifty fifty fight. You should lose half the time. Because everything's held equal. So you're getting mad at your conscious self for losing a fight that it was statistically probable probably going to lose. Um, huh. Then I, his, I have mixed his, feelings about that. <laughs> I, then his, self, his self-correct was um, you, you need to stop seeing it as a this or that and start finding middle grounds with the both sides. So like reward systems and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and so compromise. It's like, you don't want right. to fight. You want to compromise. Right. I hated everything he said. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Yeah. But it got me thinking. And it got me thinking because I was already studying this stuff about the levels of the mind anyway. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to be somebody who's, if, if there's something you want to get better at, well, that's one part of you that wants to get better at it. And if the other parts of your mind don't want to get better at it, it probably will be hard. So... Yeah. If there's a way that you can communicate with all the pieces of your mind and get every piece of your mind to agree on something, that would make change, right? This is the thought process I'm having. Yeah. Um, and so I've started, like, I meditate. I hope you meditate. I hope everyone listening yeah, meditates. Meditating is important. It helps. But I I've added too many times, but Me yeah. too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I've, I've added something to my meditation where if there's something in my life that I'm trying to grow in or something in my life I'm trying to stop doing, mm-hmm. I've added to my meditation a point of self-talk where I talk to myself, I talk to my mind, and I'm like, these are the things that I want to change. And then I ask my mind the open-ended question, do you want to change with me? Or something like that. And then in my mind, I picture different levels of my mind, different parts, different entities, just saying, yeah, let's do that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. And it's the weirdest thing how dramatically this has helped. Huh. It's like getting all the levels yeah. of my mind to agree on an idea and then moving towards that idea. It's, that's very interesting. Because, so I'm going to liken this. So this is like, I think as a, as a like allegory, something to relate it to, um, is that a common meditation practice is to like work your way up your body, like start at your feet mm. and then feel it. Let mm-hmm. the tension go and slowly like, work your way up, right? And 
like what that remind that's reminding me of that. I was like, what if we could apply it to the mind as well? Like, is there a similar process of where we could start with the mind and where we could end, you know, of like working through feeling like where it's at, letting it like, like feeling it, understanding it, like maybe like moving it, relaxing, you know, whatever it is. And in a way it's like a mental massage of just moving mm. throughout your mind. Yeah. And I'm wondering if like, that's what your unconscious and, and well, your subconscious and your conscious and your sub, that's what it is. It's conscious and subconscious kind of are the, 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 it, the ego and the super ego of like moving towards. Cause I'm thinking, cause like the whole thing about like 50, 50, I found that like, I was like, what? Or like, and like tackling your unconscious. Cause I am like, especially as I have like done more and been out in the world more, I've been a huge fan of letting your unconscious reign free a little bit, you know, like, and I think that if you have a strong foundation of your conscious, then it's a lot harder for your unconscious to do something like immoral or wrong, right? Or hurt someone or yourself because you have that foundation already built up. That's what bothered me. That's what bothered me about that talk. Cause and if I watch that, I'm going to get angry. Um, um, but well, the first time I watched it, my very first takeaway from it was, I feel like this guy has crafted a very intelligent excuse to do whatever he wants. Ex- yeah. And, <laughs> or an ex- like, or have an excuse. And that's the thing um, when it comes to like thought and moving and like, and that kind of thing mm-hmm. is that a lot of the things that we think of, like you and I, like everybody does is a lot of the things that we think are just excuses to keep on doing what's comfortable for us or let the unconscious reign. Um, or let the id, right? Let the id reign. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's why I discount a lot of, a lot of talks like that because I'm just kind of like, okay, it sounds interesting and it's kind of new and I don't, I can't like logically go against that. But like, what would my life be if I actually followed that advice? And that's what no, I, was I can logically go against that. But <laughs> I mean, I can't. I'm saying I don't have the resources available to. Yeah. Like I, I can't tell you for a fact that it's not a fifty-fifty split. Like I don't have. Oh right, and I don't think that anybody could say for a fact it is. Yeah, I know, and that's why I'm like, where are you? I'm like, that's, that's yeah, that's uh, everything then, about that talk makes me angry. And <laughs> I mean, Freud honestly thought that the ego was way weaker than the id. Anyway, yeah. So they, well, that's it, what I. I mean, I think that too. Like, I think your subconscious. I mean, it's the thing about your subconscious is that it's instinct, right? Right. An instinct is older than anything else, you know, um, of your, about your mind. And so, um, yeah, so instant, I mean, and that's why, like, it's really interesting for me was studying the different parts of your brain, like, let's say, like, the part they call your reptilian brain. Right. Basically I almost brought that up, and I decided not to. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, and I guess we could go in more detail maybe later, but um, it was very interesting to me to learn about the different parts of your brain and how they respond to respond to stimuli. Right. Whereas your reptilian brain is like hungry, eat, do this, like do this, do this, go here, uncomfortable, like get comfortable, like all of those different things, danger, run or freeze, you know, like, and it's so powerful because not only is it old, but it's, it's um, fast. Like you're talking about, right. Is that the instinct is so fast and like you find yourself doing something before you are able to think about it. Right. Before the, the signal is actually right. getting to there and like processing. Um, right. You can read things before your conscious mind decides whether or not you want to. Right. <laughs> exactly. And everything and, like 
Because I think, and, and also, when it comes to thought, I mean, if you look at this from a purely, um, what, is, what is, I don't even know the word, um, biological level, I guess, uh, neurological, I don't know. Like, the, the reason thought exists is to keep you alive, right? To prolong the species, right? If you look at it from a purely biological level, right? Especially if you're talking about the reptilian brain, that yeah. level of thought, for well, sure. Well, I, I mean, I'm thinking, well, honestly, I think on all levels. And you can, I mean, if you want to refute me on that after I say my piece, go ahead. That's what this is about. <laughs> um, but um, if it's simply to keep you alive and prolong the species and keep good genes in the gene pool, then a lot of the things that we strive for, such as um, like noble things, such as sacrifice and greater ideals, those don't make any sense. And so in a way, you find yourself fighting against, you know, morality in a sense, you know, um, at least from what I find. And again, right, I'm not an expert in this. I, I, I might be making this up. I don't know. But from everything that I've learned, everything I know from examining the world and, you know, just, you know, talking to so many people about their different issues and stuff like that and helping coaching people. That that's kind of what I see is that, oh, like you need to learn how to fight and especially myself. Is like it's constant just, oh, I need to actually fight against my instincts for like self-preservation because those like will keep me away from everybody and lead a terrible, awful life. <laughs> right. But I would argue like that's a great example. You kind of just refuted yourself. Did I? Um, yeah. If you have to fight your instincts of self-preservation because it would lead to a lower quality life, then it's not just preserving life that you're fighting for. Wait, what? <laughs> Luke, I, quote. Honestly, I just kind of... See, this is the problem, is that, like, a lot of the things that when we talk on our own, like when we're talking about this podcast, is we have so many conversations on our own, and sometimes it just lead to this point where I'm just like, honestly, I don't even know what I said. Like, I was just I was just talking and having a good old time. I'm here with my buddy, just having a good old time. And I'm like, wait a minute. I need to make sense for other people now. Oh, no. Um, well, I will always call you out. Oh, thank you. Uh, yes. Tell me I'm overthinking it, right? Haha, <laughs> I got to use the catchphrase first. Um, <laughs> oh, I thought you were supposed to. Oh, I what? Oh, really? Oh, no. Is that the signal to move on? <laughs> it was, huh? I yeah. forgot. Oh. Yeah. I'm, I'm really, like, you can tell, like, how, like, I'm very, like, in-depth about this. Like, because I Smooth forgot, transition. like, that we're recording a podcast <laughs> for, like, a couple minutes there. Uh, I kind of, like, blacked out and just zeroed in. No, there was um, a point, no joke, because I have a, I'm in a sunroom. There's a point, yeah. a squirrel ran by, and I literally was watching a squirrel. So, <laughs> squirrel. <laughs> Literal squirrel moment. Yep. Uh, anyway, but, like, okay, so... What were we even going through? Oh, about like reptilian brain. So anyway, right. I think you, just to yeah, close that off uh, on my side. I think that um, <laughs> I think it's important in general, like talking about the like looking at your body and like examining your body, like from like during let's say like meditation, right? Yeah. And learning how, what your body's going through, so you don't ignore you know the good things or the bad things. I think it's the same thing with your brain is to go through your mind. And go through, well, what are my instincts? Like, what am I feeling like like doing? What do I, like, desperately, like, instinctually want? Okay, what do I want on a higher level? And maybe what I, what do I want on an even higher level? And kind of going through those is a very healthy thing. So that way you're, you're caught off guard. 
during different situations. You're not, sorry, you're not caught off guard in different situations. Are you, did you just make an argument for the, like, finding your why? Like, a little bit. On a, on a more, I think on a more, like... Just trying to dig deeper? Deeper? Deeper. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's not cut that one. <laughs> no, we're not. Um, yeah, in a, in a sense, finding your why, but also not necessarily finding it, but just examining what you are thinking about and feeling in the moment. Ooh. So it's not trying to look forward, but just stay in the moment and, and understand what's going on. I think... You, not finding your why, experiencing it. Yes. That should have been our podcast name. What are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, no, that wouldn't fit. Experiencing your why. Yeah. And that's yeah, it. Experiencing yourself and experiencing what makes you tick. That's We're, we're talking about the real values of meditation right now. Mm-hmm. Um, which is funny because yeah. we started off on like, what is thought? And now we're on, hey, here's the well, values of meditation. But it, it's I had... Fault. I had a list. <laughs> um, my big point was to get to Check it twice. Uh, my big point was to get to understanding the different parts of our brain that we th- that are part of our thought, conscious brain, subconscious brain, the way we think. Okay. And aligning those. So, okay. my my notes led to meditation anyway. Really? Um, yeah. I mean, I ended well, up there. Wow. I don't know whether it was you guiding me or we just lucked into that, but I'll give you all the credit. How's Maybe it's just out? a natural progression of when you're talking about it. Oh, well, we unavoidable. just got meta. We just went another. We just got into like Inception level, just another level of deep. Yeah. Um, if you're if you're listening to this first episode, first off, thank you for being here. Secondly, can you try to track how many layers deep we are on the meta framework at this point, and just just like comment and let us know? Because I don't. I can't keep track. I can't. Have you seen that website? It's one of my favorite websites, and all it does is it tracks the levels of Inception. And you literally Ooh. just scroll, and it guides you through the movie and where they're at. And then it's it's so well done. And it's beautiful. Like, the graphics are really great. But um, it's it's such an interesting thing uh, to see because it's, that's one of my favorite movies. It's just the, the, the theories and all the stuff that goes on. And Do you enjoy it because of the movie or because of the premise of the movie? All of it. I think okay. it's all great. The soundtrack is amazing. You know, oh, I love myself a soundtrack. Um but everything, like, I, I really love everything about it. It's so well filmed. It's very well directed. It's very, it does creative things um, with its camera work and with its story and that, and how that relates to the filming and directing, like, it, and the writing. Like, it's, yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of the movie. Um, we should have a, a, a watch, a live watch, because we can, we can do, like, a live watch and then comment on it. Um, there's, oh, that'd be great. We should do this. That's yes. actually an interesting idea. Anyway, <laughs> let's start another podcast. Um, <laughs> Every time we start a new podcast, we're gonna build a new podcast anyway. Another layer deep. We just call we just call it Inception Level One and Inception Level Two. <laughs> just keep on going deeper. Yes, <laughs> that sounds like an awful idea. Um, but so I mean, that's that's really. I think that's. I mean, you know, can we say it? Are we overthinking? Yeah, I, I feel like we've overthought this concept. What we've did you over, want to talk about? We've overthought it. Yeah. Um, so I think mine is it, 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 kind of um, relating to it when it comes to questioning reality. I'm hoping it's nowhere near as meta, nowhere near as deep. Um, I, it's, it's my mental little, energy. It's a little... Okay, this is more fun, I'll say. Cool. So, you know, if you know me, you know I love myself some Elon Musk. All right. Um, and something that he sparked in me, I want to say last year or two years ago, is the 
is the theory of, you know, of this is like of simulation, right? Of course, I've already like thought about it, like everyone kind of does, but I've never heard the argument before. Um, kind of like, you know, the scene in The Lion, the Witch, of the Wardrobe in Narnia, where he yeah. said either he's lying, either he imagined it, or he's telling the truth, right? Or something like that, whatever the argument is. That was my first introduction to critical thinking, was that movie. Like, as hilarious. Ooh. Like, isn't that ironic? Like, that movie. Because of that scene? Yeah, because of that scene. That was awesome. the first time I ever thought about, oh, if you just have your options and you whittle it down, you're left with one option. And even though you can't prove that one option is true, it is the only option, so therefore it must be true, right? Right. It's a Sherlock Holmes quote. Once you've eliminated the impossible, whatever remains, however improbable, yes. must be true. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's another, yeah. And that's also another great, a great quote that moved me along. But his argument, which I've never seen before, and I can't believe I'd never saw it before, was either we're not living in a simulation now and we never get and we're never able to build like a, a, a simulation like the matrix right um which is improbable right like that will never ever be able to build with how fast technology is advancing right um or we're not living in a simulation now or in the future um we're able to uh build a simulation but we decide not to Right for whatever moral or law lawful reasons, right? Also, very improbable. Or we're living, or we don't live in a simulation now, and in the future we do live in a simulation. And we create it. Did I already say that one? That was that my first one. I've lost. I one. don't know. Whatever. And then the last. Let us know in the comment. Did we lose track? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, or the last one. See, that's why I need to write these down because I, I forget what I've already said. That's listed. why I wrote things down. Yeah, no, I know. Yeah. I have a. I don't. Oh. But, um. Or. See this? See that? I am. I am two weeks behind. So I'm so, starting eating chocolate while you're. So. <laughs> so, okay. For all our listeners who don't watch the video on, up on YouTube and Overthinking Podcast on YouTube. I have a countdown calendar. For he has Christmas. a countdown calendar. and it's Mickey Mouse. It's Mickey Mouse. <laughs> and I just opened it today. And it looks, it's like the quintessential kids ca- like yeah. advent calendar. Yeah. Advent calendar to Christmas. Oh, they call it a holiday countdown calendar. It's an advent calendar. It's because dis- <laughs> it's Disney. Yeah. Um, and he's going to be eating the chocolate in there because he's two weeks behind while I'm giving my discussion, even though I was listening and not eating anything while he was giving his for 50 minutes. Um, so, you think I can't listen and eat at the same time? Yes. Um, although I, I, can't, I can't do two things at once. Um, those look like Legos, by the way. I just saw you eat a Lego. Yeah, it's not good chocolate. It, I'm not going to catch up. <laughs> There's so many things I want to mention, but I won't. I thought that you thought a Disney calendar for kids would have good chocolate in it. Anyway, the final option, right? So either we're living, we're not living a simulation and we create it later. We living, we're not living a simulation and we cannot create it later. We're living in a simu, we're not living a simulation and we don't create it later because of ethical, moral, lawful reasons, or we're living a simulation now. Mm-hmm. And the argument is that we'll never, like, the first one, that we'll never be able to create it, like, yeah, right. Like, look how fast technology has advanced in 30 Doubles years. every 18 months. Yeah. Imagine we'll be, like, in 1,000 years, right? Mm-hmm. Like, okay, that's, that's, that's not true. That we 
um, that we create it and that we don't use it for moral or ethical reasons. First of all, even if there is, let's say, like a galaxy-wide rule that you can't create a simulation, not everyone's gonna follow. Like, not everyone's gonna follow that. You could still be a test subject in there. Mm-hmm. So that that is out. So it leaves us with two options. Either we're not living a simulation now, and we do create it later, or we're living a simulation now. And the argument is that is that it's much more likely um, that we're that we're living a simulation now because of simply of time. Is that we're looking? Um, there's so much opportunity. No wait, I messed up my own argument. We could be living so. The idea, oh, that's what it is. So the idea is that we can, we have to ignore time and what time we're at now because we can't know. So because time is so large, as far as we can see, it never ends, right? In the future. In the direction, yeah. Yeah. So because of that, the the possibility that we are living in a time where they do have a simulation and we're in it is so likely versus being in being in the one time like in the one out of an almost infinite timeline where we're not right that's the argument i can see that argument it's possible right that we are but that led me to doing some more research on theories of of uh, reality um, which i want to just me- i want to go through and i want to get your opinion on which one you find most um, interesting and believable so when a i saw theory of time a theory of time? What? Yeah. What a theory mean? of time. If well, if you're going to talk about reality, you're talking about time. Well, yeah. Um, a theory of time. I adhere to it. B theory seems ridiculous. Um. <laughs> oh, you mean? Oh, like you're talking about? Wait, you're talking about the simulation thing? What do you mean? A theory versus B theory of time? There's two proposed theories of time. Wait, rem- as rem- far as how time works. Yeah. One um, is that it's happening literal. One that's happening right now, all at once. Yeah, so a theory of time is such that the way we perceive time is the way that time operates. Right, okay. Um, B theory of time is that time is more lucid. Um, So in this theory, there there is the notion that it happens simultaneously. There's also the the notion that it happens cyclically. There's just the notion that it's more lucid um, overall. And I don't know enough B theory because on its premise, it's... Obnoxious and absurd. You, well, you can't but, know. Like that's the thing. Um, but um, okay. So that, yeah, that's, most of the people I subscribe to subscribe to a theory. Okay. Um, yeah, that's. I mean, and that kind of plays into this. So, and also for the listeners, because I didn't know like the words for these before. Um, so I've heard of this. So you've probably heard of a lot of these. What is solipsism? I'm sure you've heard of that, right? I've not. You have nope. not. <gasps> I get to teach Devin something. Yeah. That's not related to like marketing and business. Cool. <laughs> I just, my total brat just came out. That, um, but, it's like, yeah, yeah. But so basically it's a, it's a theory that everything else in your life is illusion, um, even your own physical body. So basically, oh, okay. so basically you could be a brain in a vat. And there was an interesting – so. I'm gonna ex- I'm gonna explain okay, this. And I am familiar with this. Yeah, exactly. So a lot of people are familiar with the idea, just not the name. But I think yep. it's important, like when you're talking about things, if you have words to describe it, it makes it a lot easier. Um, and you're both if you're both on the same page, um, then you're not like arguing semantics and not even arguing the point or debating. I should say not arguing. Don't argue. Like have thoughtful debates. That's better. 
Well, honestly, too, if you're personal advice, ever having a serious conversation with anybody on philosophy, theology, any high level thinking, if you're not sure that you're using the terms equally, ask them what they mean and then use their definition. Yeah, exactly. And people, (laughs) I mean, I hate in the debates when people just start arguing against like, well, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? What do I mean? Like, you know what I mean? Now you're just, I'm like, I I hate it when people respond like that. I'm like, no, like take a second clarify and then you can actually have thoughtful that's usually when they're losing and they don't want to and they just want i have a lot of conversations with people where just something because this is in my world like um they claim to be an atheist right and i ask them to define atheist and what they define is not an atheist yeah but i now use that version of atheism in our conversation yeah because it's easier it's easier but (laughs) right and then you have an opportunity later to be like okay by the way like most people, like right, like classical generally. definition of atheism. Yeah, classical is. definition is different <laughs> than what you're using it as. Right. Um, like gnostic versus agnostic, all that kind of stuff. But right. um, an interesting thing, and I, this this is a little stupid. Okay, I will say the reason why I don't really believe this, um, or like there's half. Okay, um, mo- the main reason why I don't really believe this is because there's a book or or, or novella. There's a novella by Brandon Sanderson. Mm-hmm. And it's called, oh, I don't even remember what it's called. But basically, it's set in, like, the medieval times. And there's this knight. And, like, he has this, like, strange, like, magical power. And he's, like, the king over everyone, right? And he has his kingdom, right? But, like, weird things start happening. And then he starts talking about, like, breaks, like, in his kingdom. Um, And then you find out later that they're all just brains in jars and they're giving this kingdom to rule where they're the hero and they get to be the hero in whichever way that they want. Like their greatest desires are, are filled out and then they're given um, like reasonable um, challenges to keep themselves interested in. So they'll have like an invader from a different land and like, oh, I don't know how to deal with this. Okay, like it's exciting. So basically they live hundreds and hundreds of years um, at least this person was, I think, like, what, 300 years old or something. And it, it finally it kind of goes through him, like, discovering other people in different worlds and talking with them about their experiences. Uh, but that is kind of like, I, I think, like, I'm like, okay, if I'm a brain in a jar, either I'm being, uh, having an experiment that's terrible <laughs> so like i'm like either, like the chances of a terrible person doing an experiment on me if i'm a brain in a jar are smaller than actually like a decent person or a regular like an uh like a not good or bad person right so um that's partially my optimism for the world um and for human beings in general which is i know it's it's not at all logical but that's my reason for why I personally don't believe this is real. Um, but anyway, just going through them, and then we can, and then I, I want your opinion on which one you think is the most realistic uh, to you. And the other course is simulation, where you and maybe, maybe, you know, maybe everybody's real, but your situation's not, you know, like, or maybe some people are fake and some people are real. It's kind of like that. Like, we don't know, like, every, we don't know what's around us. Um, we this person's probably real, but I don't know. Um, then idealism is um, wait, the world around you exists. Okay, I just I, I wanted to separate. I want to make sure I was getting it right. Um, so according to the theory, the consciousness existed before the physical world and serves as the origin of like material um, existence. So you, the world around you exists because you perceive it to exist, and reality is entirely subjective and reliant on your perception of the mind. 
So basically, you're kind of like a god figure where you perceive things and you believe them to be true because you're perceiving them. I, I know of no logical, like, no argument to actually argue for this. Um, so this is the, that's something that I was like, oh, interesting that that's actually a thing that people consider. But I guess, you know, we need to consider all the options. Eternalism is that idea that everything is happening at once and there's no free will because literally everything happens. And the way that we exist is perceiving them, that that um, everything happening at once in a timeline, even though it's actually not. In reality, it's not. In a way, it's almost like um, like the ultimate super slow-mo, right? Where we're going throughout the world, but in the grand scheme of reality, looking as an outsider outside of reality, you would see it happen instantaneously, which is interesting um, to me. And then, of course, then there's presentism, Um that argues that because you can't prove that the future and the past exist, the only reality is the present. Right. Well, I, I, so, so the, the past and the future are literally just imagined. Mm-hmm. So just from that comment, I, would, I, I see you, you, seem, you seem to be kind of passionate about presentism. No, I was just concluding the statement. Oh, okay. Got it. But <laughs> yeah. out of those... Um, and if you want me to repeat, go through them again, I will. So, no, no, um, I'm good. <laughs> I got you. Um, I don't know what you call the one that's the quintessential brain in a vat. I don't know it's a technical term, but that's I... That's sol- sol- solipsism. Okay, say it one more time. Solipsism. Solipsism? Yep. Okay. I had to look it up to see how it's pronounced. <laughs> that's, uh, that's one that <clears throat> I've had a lot of discussion on. And here, philosophically speaking, the brain in the vat theory is the ultimate skeptic's positioning. Right. Um, you can't it's prove one anything. end of the spectrum. Right. You can't prove anything to the ultimate skeptic with the brain in the vat. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's not actually a true statement. I just lied. That's a perceived perception that people have. If you believe that you're a simulation, I can't prove you otherwise, right? Right. Um, that's actually where the phrase, I think, therefore I am, came into being. Mm-hmm. I can't prove anything except that I exist. Right. I can't prove how I look or how I feel, but I am here. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you are. Right. But if I didn't exist, there would be no thing to think, do I exist? Exactly. Um, so the argument against, well, the, okay, that's that's the one thing you can prove to the ultimate skeptic. Mm-hmm. Um, when Locke defi- determined that, he then created some necessary corollaries following it. And I don't follow or adhere to all of them, but he concluded from the premise I must exist, that reality is as we perceive it. Like, he went through a logical conditioning, and I think there were a few holes, which is why I'm not going to point every corollary, but he believed that he could get back from pure existence to reality. Um, The argument that I usually use against the brain in the back theory is actually idealism. Um, If you are brain in a vat living in this reality, then... Because you're a brain in a vat that's creating and imagining, you are the god of the universe that you perceive. Mm-hmm. You should be able to interact with it on that level, and simply having that awareness should do something. Kind of like lucid dreaming. Oh. So I very quickly discredit brain in a vat versus traditional that's, simulation. See, that's an actual, like, I love that. That's, that's, that's a testament to our personalities. I come in with this story about this book that I read and how it's, like, it's <laughs> unlikely because I believe all humans, like most humans, are good. And you come in with an actual logical argument. 
<laughs> I have a feeling that's going to be a reoccurring segment. <laughs> um, if, if anyone's paying super close attention, um, you actually used abductive reasoning and I used deductive reasoning, but they're both proper oh, thought processes. We should, honestly, I think we should spend, I mean, uh, like a, a good chunk of an episode about dedu- about different reasoning techniques. <gasps> I got a great episode idea. I'll discuss it to you <laughs> off air because uh, I don't want to ruin it. I'm uh, so proud of you. Oh, yeah, that's right. I'm the idea guy. Um, yeah. But yeah, so like that's actually really interesting because when I was young, I was really freaked out. And I have like, I had a ton of mental problems as a kid. Still do, but they're better now. Um, but especially as a kid, I had like a, a real crisis when I was probably like eight or so. Like I was really young where I realized I saw out of my eyes and that's how I verbalized it. And I still like remember that moment very, it's a very vivid memory to me. For a while, I was totally freaked out because I had that realization that I saw out of my eyes and I was like, what if I didn't exist? Would I see out of someone else's eyes? Where like nobody like see like, and so that like, actually when I was, so I was like that young and that I started thinking, I was like, I started like trying to logic that since I see out of my eyes, I... Like somebody must be seeing out of their eyes to view reality. Kind of like, because I was young, I didn't really, I wasn't able to comprehend a lot of things. And so I thought like, oh, I'm the main character. So since because I see out of my eyes, when I die, I have to be reborn because I have, someone has to be seeing out of their eyes. And I thought like, I have to be that, right? So there was a very like interesting way of like very crudely like logicking like about the existence of reality. Um, like when I was that young, and I'll never forget like that phrase still like it gives me goosebumps because I remember like how like of a, like a crazy re- re- revelation it was for me to like think about that and think about like, oh, other people exist. I have no idea whether they're real or not. Uh, which probably didn't help my mental state at all now that I think about it. That's probably not yeah. a good thing for me. Probably, probably not. <laughs> Saying that out loud, uh, probably talk to somebody about that. Well, now I just did, I guess. Um, that's interesting, though. You use idealism to counteract uh, solipsism. Yes. Because um, um, I think solipsism would result in idealism. And idealism is a self contradiction based on your own experience. Yeah. Um, huh. So. Uh, and then that leaves like true simulation, which is we've been, this world's been built and we've been put in it in such a sense, right? Right. Um, which I guess you could argue that simulation is also like theism. Um, yeah, in a way. I mean, there's no, I mean, the thing with simulation is that, see, that's the thing. So I came to this conclusion. I was like, you know what? Whether we're living a simulation or not, I can't affect it. Yes. Because I can't affect it, why on earth would I worry and care about it? Yes. So there's a, the classical response to the notion of simulation, which simulation, I mean, everything we're talking about is the most extreme version of a skeptic to reality. Right. Um, but the standard response to the notion of simulation is by principle, it is unprovable. Yeah. By nature, it is undefendable. By practice, it's also un, impossible to disprove it. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to like, show that it can't be true. And it's irrelevant. Yeah, exactly. Whether or not it's true does not affect you right now. Mm-hmm. And it will never impact you. So the most logical way to handle it is to say, it doesn't matter. Yeah. 
yeah, that's the general response to it. Yeah, that's true. Um, but I'm actually curious to, to on your idea of presentism, like where the past and future don't exist because we can't prove it. Um, <laughs> the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Um, and I would I would take it Look to at you just pulling out these these quotes. I didn't know that you had that in you. Wow. Cheers to I, that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I adhere very much to like Arkham's razor. Yeah. Um, the simplest explanation is the explanation. Mm-hmm. Um, and then additionally, so um, I mean, the most sophisticated version of Arkham's razor is once you have necessary and sufficient conditions for an event, the event occurs. Therefore, you will okay. never have more than what's necessary and sufficient. Right. Okay. Um, and that's, I, I can see that being valuable in future tense. Um, my, my pullback to it is uh, we can't prove it. We can't disprove it. But with abductive reasoning, we only draw one possible conclusion. All the evidence points towards the past and the future being real. There is no counter evidence. No, we can't prove it. It's not definitive. But it's the argument of the best explanation that leads it to the past and the future are real. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Okay. The same way that that's the same kind of thinking as I walk into my office and I see that papers are scattered on the floor and my windows open and it's windy and I think the wind blew the papers on the floor. Right. Do I know for a fact? No. For all I know, a bird flew in there, threw the papers around, flew out. Yeah. Or they came But alive. it's the best explanation given the evidence. Right? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, I like it. And see that's why see that's why I like talking <laughs> with you. And that, that's really as far as my as my topic goes. That's why I say like you go first. That's going to be the meat. Because um, this one, I it's something I've, I I love thinking about, um, and it's just a fun little thing. I wanted to be that the first thing I talked about because it's something that it's my favorite. It's well, and my so the next the next the thing I talk about next uh, the next week, um, that's going to be my real gritty favorite thing because oh it's it gets real people uh so a little teaser for next time uh it's going to, it's gonna get real i'm gonna tell you this we're gonna have some fun with real situations um i'm making it sound terrible i don't know why i'm doing this i'm not advertising very well it's gonna be fun it's gonna be fun um because that's a real goal i mean especially with me um i love philosophy and talking about this kind of stuff so by having some fun with it, having some just good conversation, um, that's what I love doing. And Devin's giving a little thumbs up, I think, or he was just resting his hand and stretching no, it. No, I'm, uh, I'm digging through. Um, yeah, what are you doing over there? I'm covering for you, by the way, just talking. Yeah, you are. I, I know. know. I got your back. See? I, I'm digging through um, Hackett's um, The Resurrection of Theism. Part one is Rational Empiricism. But... There's a, and I know I'm saying I don't a lot know of big any words. of the words that you just said. I, I know. Um, <laughs> I'm looking for a list that I know he has in here somewhere because I wanted to give all, the whole list um, before I explained. Because you were talking earlier about the I thing, right? Um, yeah. Empirical monism. It's the idea that um, what we see is reality. Mm hmm. Um, and there's a, so there's a lot of ways of, like, how do we interact with reality is basically what these theories are. Um, and I couldn't find the list, and I gave up on it, so I'm just going to talk about monism. Uh, but 
it's one that I never realized that I adhere to until I read it academically and then realized how ludicrous it is. Um, Interesting. So it's the notion that what we see, what we interact with is actually reality, right? Okay, yeah. So anybody at home can do this. We can disprove monism really quickly. Um, Take your index finger, point at the corner of your eye, and watch how things double. Are there two things in reality now? I hate that you just made me do that. I, 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 I'm really upset. I was genuinely very curious about what you're going to do, and that was so simple that I, I, I'm I, absolutely, I'm, I'm mad. Uh, <laughs> that um, was way too simple. Right. Um, okay, so fine. So monism is what affects our senses is reality, and then the, it's so easy to disprove. Well, so especially clearly, schizophrenics and, you know, Right, exactly. Right. Um, and I mean, simple colorblindness, right? Yeah. Um, is their reality literally different than mine? I don't think so. <laughs> well, what is color? <gasps> Next topic. Anyway, I think, do we have that on our list? Cause I think I put no, it. No, I don't think we do. Uh, I'll put it on there. Okay. That's going to be <laughs> And so there's this, uh, there's this idea that seems to be more appropriate that, um, there is some form of a mediary in our mind between reality and our perception of it. Um, it's like we translate what our, hits our senses. Um, huh. Right? Yeah. The mind, oh, I, that was my favorite part about studying psychology was the actual biology of the brain. Because mm. the rest of psychology is all a lot of theories um, that, you know, some of them are, I mean, there's so few rules in psychology because there's, it, because they're, psychology is like a hundred years old and it's been flipped on its head like five times. Yeah. It, it, more <laughs> like there's so many things that have been changed, um, in psychology because personally also it's kind of unethical to do a lot of the studies that we want to do. Um, right. If we want to figure this out, we have to do things that are wrong. Yeah. You have to like separate twins <laughs> at birth, treat one terribly, treat one great, see what happens. Those kinds of things, you know, um, just abuse, um, <laughs> which I mean, I think we're all like, you know, we don't need that. You know, it'd be nice to learn, but, you know, we don't need to hurt people to learn that. Um, Not at least until we have a good simulation. Ex- well, even then that can. Well, I guess I mean, if it's an AI, you know, but then that relates into our AI is human. Do we know? It depends if, if we torture if you're going an AI. On the full level, is it like, going to is hurt? This, does this thing is have feelings? Um, but like, how do uh, we know Star it has Wars. feelings? In Star know. Wars, they created droids with feelings, and then and and they could feel pain, feelings. and then they destroy them, and it's brutal. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends on what Star like, Wars you're talking about. Are you talking about the new stuff? Just the That's, movies, all the movies. No, I mean, like the new movies though are different because they have droids with like our actual people. Watch a little the bit more. original trilogy no, and see how many times C-3PO gets scared. Fine. I'll concede Mic that. drop. I'll concede <laughs> that. Fine. I think that's a good place to end unless you have some more to go because we've been going over an hour right now. Nah, um, I feel good. <laughs> go ahead and talk. No, no. I feel good. I feel good. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm teasing. But uh, thanks for sticking with us. If you reach the end, Wow. I don't know why you did, <laughs> but I just, one of my favorite podcasts, it's a riddle Luke podcast. Hates our podcast. Yeah. And they hate riddles and their joke, the running joke is like, don't listen. Like why on earth would you listen to us? Like we're the worst. I don't even listen to this podcast. Like, like that's just the running joke and it's hilarious. Um, but they're much funnier than us, unfortunately.
Um, mm. But yeah, thanks for sticking with us. Um, hopefully, I mean, we're doing this a little bit of a test. Um, I think it went really well. So we're going to get a website up. It should be, um, I might edit this in later. Just do a like, go to uh, ashamed. Uh, no, I, I, what is overthinking? <laughs> I have so many podcasts. Overthinkingpodcast.com. Okay, what I'm saying is we might have like a, a like a, a plug-in, you know, that just goes, actually, it's overthinkingpodcast.com, you know, that kind of thing. Can, can we get Siri to do it for us? Exactly. That's what yes. I was, yeah. Okay. So it might change because I'm pretty sure that was, website was available, but, you know, we're figuring this yeah. all out. And if you want to send us uh, ethical quandaries, experimental thoughts, all that fun stuff, um, you should be able to get us at um, overthinkingpodcast at gmail.com for right now. We might have a different but, um, thing that we'll just forward to it. We'll figure it out, you know. Um, but, yeah, thank you. Um, and I think as a final thought, did you want I, – I opened. So do you have a thought of the week that you want to leave them with? I know I didn't let you prep for this at all. That wasn't even on the outline. Yes, it is. <laughs> There's it a clear is. outline. If you access the outline right now, you I'm go. looking at it right now. Look. Yep. We have the intro, yep. Seekers Uncovered, each of us do a thought experiment, then thought of the week. Plain as day. Okay, so how is Secrets Uncovered supposed to be different than Thought of the Week? Thought of the Week is like BX. No. Um, okay, I got one then. Okay. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, this so, is a quote. Okay. What? Yeah, go ahead. Oh. Go ahead. No, no, you said something. I, I was just saying it's like a wrap-up of what we've talked about. So it's like a review rather than Secrets Uncovered just like, oh, this funny thing happened. You know? Okay, so Thought of the Week also has to be a wrap-up. I, I Do whatever you want, dude. <laughs> <laughs> well, we get to. This is whatever we want, so we get to do whatever we want to do. No one controls us. All right. Um, every moment of every day, you choose who you are and what you believe in. You get a second chance every second. Make the right choice. Oh wow! We went street motivation there. I like it. Mm-hmm. Now I don't want to yeah. undercut like the good intention, but and bash it. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much we will be back i think next week should be um yeah let's just say that for right now and if not you know you know we get to do what we want this, this, podcast, po- this podcast is for us and not you so if right. we enjoy it that's all we want okay we have these conversations anyway we just decided to record them this time okay <laughs> I'm being so antagonistic <laughs> to anybody listening. <laughs> well, you I'm know what? Up being mean. <laughs> well, you know what? Honestly, um, this is not something that's going to be monetizable, and in any sense, as far as they're not paying customers at any point. Yeah. This is for us, and if they enjoy it, that's cool. We can build a fun community, and if we can't, then we can still have fun conversations. Yeah. I mean, we can get we can we can have an ad. I think we can have an ad. No, no, well. that in on that level, yes. I just mean like it's not like a marketing podcast. There's not like at oh, any point I'm not gonna hook you, you, you mean to that monetary. Oh yeah, we're not trying to yeah. sell you on something unless like, exactly unless we write a like book I want you to have fun based here based on all the wisdom that we share. You know, ooh, that could be fun. That could be fun. Yeah. So yes, this podcast is a whole <laughs> is part this of our. This is a marketing podcast. <laughs> this is a marketing podcast. Ha ha. ha. Um, yeah, tricked you, didn't I? Do you want to do plugs? I didn't even think about this. Like where people can find you outside, or do you not care? Huh? Like your Facebook. Not at this point. Um, I mean, they can find me on Facebook at at Devin Tracy. Okay. Uh, but um, at some point, when I have my other things established, I will want to throw in okay, plugs. Okay. Cool. 
Yeah, get. I mean, I I want people. You can to follow give yourself me. some plugs. Now. Yeah, follow yeah. me. I want I want Twitter followers because I want to get better at Twitter, but no one follows me really, so I have no motivation. Wait, well, it's Twitter. Yeah, true. Yeah. But I'm pretty active on Instagram. I just did. Did you see my hilarious Instagram stories? Are you on Instagram at all? I'm not on Instagram. Oh, dude, you missed out. My brothers and I went mini golfing, and we literally did like stuff that was probably illegal to do on the mini golf field. Um, we were doing all kinds of stuff. It was fun. We had a time. We were going wild, dying laughing. I filmed like probably like 20 Instagram stories um, just like throughout the time. So yeah, so if you want to see the lighter side of life, that's what I do. To so all the people, I, I love that I think like the first people listening are not going to already know me. <laughs> the thought, like, it's like such like a, it's such a funny thought. Like I'm like, you guys, you, you're, you guys have made it this far an hour and 20 minutes into the podcast. You know who I am. You know, you, you already follow me on Instagram and I probably follow you back. Anyway, thanks so much. That's it. I'm done. Bye. Bye.